Dalid Kislev Tafshin Ayin Tet, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Jonathan Razel with such a beautiful song, Katonti, opens things up, brings us back to the uh, last war that took place in Aza, as we um, will be discussing last yesterday's 
Aza situation and the events that took place there. Welcome, one and all. Welcome to another live edition of the Israel Show. We are here each and every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, 9 AM Eastern, 4 PM Israel time around the world, wherever you are, whatever time it is. Now that's the time that we're on. Note it, write it down, jot it down so you remember for next time. <laughs> and um, we appreciate that you join us, whether it's uh, live or on demand. Yes, you can listen on demand. Whenever you want to hear it, you can just uh, click yourself to NahumSiegel.com, go to the archive section, click on the Israel show, and pick the show that you want. Pick the edition that you want, or you can uh, do the same on the Nahum Siegel Network app that's available for free, iTunes and Android, Google Play, whatever. Whatever you want, it is there. And uh, we appreciate so much those who download the show and listen to it at their leisure. And there are many of you. You can join our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel Show, facebook.com slash the Israel Show. One long word. Click like if you'd like. Take a look. Give us a listen. And then give us a like if you like. We post each and every week. We post links to the songs that we play, links to YouTube videos of the songs that we play, and you can listen to them at your leisure. Also, links to articles or other issues that we discuss during the show. We are going to um, dedicate most of the show today, if not all the show today, to um, the situation on the Israel's southern border with Gaza, which has been tense, believe it or not, since last May. We are now in November, in the middle of November. Every Friday, these wild demonstrations, they call it, but they're really much more than that. They're just mobs of people being let loose, throwing rocks, burning tires, throwing at times incendiary devices, tens of thousands of people who get bussed there, who supposedly are being told to storm the border. In fact, over the weekend, one terrorist did somehow get over the border and into an Israeli town and um, started a a fire which... uh, destroyed one of the uh, greenhouses. This tension is constant. So yesterday's events would most probably, you would think, have an effect. And uh, it would be like lighting the match on the powder keg, but it it won't. It won't. Everybody's going to go back to their... um, to their bunks and bunkers and we'll continue to talk we'll tell you all about it um, Shuli Rand from Tzama volume number 3 Songs of Chabad this is Tzama my name is Mayor Weingarten you are tuned to the Israel show on the Nachum Siegel Network
with the Chabad classic Bechabatchu the Nigan Bechabatchu it's off of Tzama uh, volume number 3 these are uh, albums of uh, Chabad Nigunim done by um, contemporary Israeli artists uh, very good ones we've played many of them on the air my name is Mayor Weingart and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network so on Sunday on um, I guess it was Saturday night early early Sunday morning a uh, elite unit of the Israel Defense Forces made its way into Gaza under cover of darkness and maybe because of a fluke maybe because Hamas had intelligence information the uh, the unit the small group that was some three kilometers inside of Gaza already, were discovered. And a battle ensued. Hamas forces started shooting, and they were superior in number, started shooting at the soldiers. And in this firefight, a Sgan Aluf, a lieutenant colonel, who his name and information about him is not being revealed officially by the Israeli Defense Forces and by the Israeli censor. We'll discuss that later. He was injured. And so they, um, when this was, when this information was given over to the command in Israel, they sent a rescue squad, helicopters, we'll discuss that in greater detail soon, to uh, get the group, this unit, the small group, out and save their lives because otherwise one of two things would happen. Either they would be shot and killed, all of them, I don't know how many there were, or they'd be taken captive. This day and age, you're almost not sure which is worse, right? So, um, thank God they uh, got out, but Lieutenant Colonel M died, and another officer was injured and is now at uh, Soroka Hospital in Beersheba. The information I'm uh, going to share with you now is from Ron Ben Yishai, 
who is a long time, decades, decades long uh, military correspondent in Israel. In fact, he recently was awarded the, was it the Israel Prize? One One of the very prestigious prizes. And he reports that, so so the question is, what what was this about? What were they doing there? Did they go in to kill somebody? Did they go in to kidnap somebody? What, what's the purpose of, of going in? Now, you may say, who cares what the purpose is? <laughs> they had to go in. And there's a, a geopolitical aspect to this whole thing. Since May, when when Hamas has decided to amp up the tension in Gaza for their own purposes. They don't care that their citizens don't have water, electricity, fuel, like nothing. They don't care. Their citizens are pawns in their game, in their their little chess game with us. Sometimes I think they're playing chess, we're playing checkers. I'm not really sure sometimes. Um... So Hamas has reached a point where they ran out of money. Their money sources have dried up. And in addition to Israel being their enemy, they have another enemy. The Palestinian Authority, the other section, the other group, the other sect of what they call the Palestinian Arabs, those who are supposed to be in control, those with whom Israel is supposed to be negotiating led by Abu Mazen, are against Hamas and have done everything possible to make the life in Gaza as miserable as possible. In fact, they told Israel to lower the input of electricity and power into Gaza and to lower the input of water and so forth. It is the Palestinian Arabs who are fighting amongst themselves, and of course the Jews yet again are caught in the middle of it. Israel has been trying, and this this will be uh, a difficult um, situation to, to talk about, but after three wars with uh, in, in, in Gaza, Israel decided, and, and Benjamin Netanyahu said so publicly yesterday, there's no political solution to this. There's no military solution to this. And the only solution is to sort of just day by day, day by day. And as a result, Egypt and Israel have been working together to make a what they call a Hazdara, which basically is a euphemism for Israel negotiating with the terrorist Hamas organization in order to come up with a long-term ceasefire. So if you're negotiating in good faith to come up with a long-term ceasefire, why are you sending a unit in to kill, you know, some um, commander or some high-ranking Hamas official or to kidnap somebody? But that wasn't the purpose of the mission. That was Hamas sending out disinformation. According to Ron Ben Yishai, according to all the other sources, and who knows, maybe this is Israeli disinformation, who knows. The infiltration into Aza is something that is done, something like this occurrence happens all the time. It's, it's very dangerous, it takes a lot of planning, but it happens very often in various different countries, enemy territory. And it's supposed to prevent, in this case, the operation of certain high-quality Hamas military resources and capabilities. For example, and I don't know if this is what it is, but this is just an example. Let's say Israel finds out that Hamas has dug three tunnels, and they're keeping it, trying to keep it secret, and... um, they're not going to use it until there's some big skirmish with Israel or Israel starts a war, and then suddenly they'll use these high-quality military resources. Or, for example, let's say they've developed some high-quality missiles that they can shoot accurately, unlike the missiles they have now that are not accurate. 
they could target an Israeli town. Again, I don't know if this is... I'm giving you an example of what might be. And what Israel would be doing in that case would be to send in a crew that would do something to neutralize this. Maybe even neutralize it in a way that the other side doesn't realize it's neutralized until they try to use it. Don't forget, think about how Israel walked in to, uh, to, to Tehran and, and walked out with, with, what was it, 120 tons of, of documents and disks and, and, and information about Iran's nuclear, uh, nuclear uh, works. It doesn't just happen. There has to be tremendous amount of work done before that. All kinds of things that Israel does every single day. These things are going on in Israel, which is, with the help of God, what keeps Israel alive and viable. The ability to do these things and have them succeed. Unfortunately, Saturday night, it didn't succeed and they were discovered. And this gunfight ensued. And in the course of the gunfight, Lieutenant Colonel M, as we say, was wounded. Now, what happens? They are pretty deep into Aza. This small group of Israeli, an elite Israeli force. And Israel decides that they have to send in an exit team. A team to get, get them out. Because they've been they've been uncovered. This in itself, just the, the the operation to get them out, to extract them, is so complex. I can't imagine how many times they had to practice this over and over and over again in order to get it to the point that you do it in your sleep. So first helicopters and planes get to the area and they bombard the area around the unit so that no enemy terrorists would be able to get to them. They create like a sterile area. And they create cover for the helicopter that's then going to land inside Aza. at great risk to the helicopter crew. They land, they they use all kinds of deception flares and all kinds of military, ingenious military um, equipment to put the Hamas off balance because, you know, the Hamas have shoulder-to-air missiles that they could just shoot at at a helicopter too. We think they might have. I shouldn't say they have. They land. The members of the unit, of this unit that was that were found out, were swallowed up in the belly of the aircraft. And then they flew very low altitude, low light flight to the Soroka Medical Center in Beersheba. Now there's more to be done. There's equipment that was left there. There's a car that it seems had very high-tech equipment-slash-weaponry that was to be used in this operation. And the last thing they want is for that to fall into the hands of the enemy. So now, the next step is that the Israeli Air Force sends planes to bomb any Israeli equipment that was left, but especially this special car that they were in, which had all this equipment in it. It's when you think about this is one operation of who knows how many countless operations that the Israeli Defense Force carries out every day, every week, every month. We sleep in peace. Because there are people who are awake every night, putting their life in danger. The people of Israel rest. Yes, Shomer Yisrael, God, 
watches over us. But he does so only if we watch over ourselves. And all these young men and women who put their lives on the line day in and day out, we our job, if we take anything away from all this whole story, is that our job is just to keep praying for them. You know, I was thinking this morning about how we have to say the tefillah, the special prayers for the soldiers of Israel, every Shabbat. And I said, why every Shabbat? Why not every day? So, it doesn't matter what goes on in your particular synagogue. What goes on in your heart, you are responsible for. You can say it every day. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a simple prayer. It takes, what, 15 seconds, 25 seconds? Pray for the safety of the soldiers of Israel who put their lives on the line every day so that the people of Israel can sleep quietly. What happens, by the way, right after the Israeli Air Force blew up their asset, not not long after that, the first of 17 rocket attacks from Gaza into southern Israel began. All right, we don't we don't need to go into all the details of the different factions of did this one shoot was it Hamas that shot, shot or Islamic Jihad that shot it, does, it, really, it really doesn't matter. It matters that the people in southern Israel spent yet another night in air raid shelters and heard these sirens go off again and again and I keep thinking to myself these children that are growing up like this what kind of scars psychological scars do they grow up with and when that was over when the night was over or not even the whole night when when the bombings the shelling from Aza stopped it seems like I said everybody went back to their side and kept the calm because at least according to what the experts say neither side wants to start a war and so they swallowed swallowed hard and moved on we'll talk about that we'll talk about Israel's strategy as uh, point uh, as discussed and explained by Prime Minister Netanyahu in Paris uh, yesterday before this uh, event and we'll talk about keeping military secrets in an age of social media what a crazy situation that is uh, first we'll um, something from uh, Yishai Rebo Or HaChayim one of the more beautiful songs that are out there Or HaChayim talks about Torah and how it is the light of our life Yishai Rebo off of his album Pachad Gvahim my name is Mayor Weingarten you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Kesum <laughs> Thank 
beautiful than that. Well, yes, it does, but not much. <laughs> uh, if you're listening live, or if you're listening to us during the week of uh, November the 11th, 12th, there's an event taking place in the Lower East Side of New York that is so great that I want to share it with you. I don't usually do that, but it, it, this this is uh, very special, and I'll tell you why. This coming Saturday night, November the 17th at 7.30 p.m., the Lower East Side of Manhattan in the Stanton Street Shul, there is an event honoring Israel's wounded soldiers. They write, join us for a special evening for Israel's fifth official honor day, or day of honor, recognizing... Wounded soldiers and victims of terror attacks. Let's let us stand beside these true life heroes and give them our support with a night to remember. Now, having said everything we just said before, it's so obvious how important this type of event is if you are in that neighborhood in the area. But let me add another another piece to this puzzle. Not to the puzzle, but to the announcement. There will be two guests. One is Major Ophir Anijar. The other is Brigadier General Avigdor Kahalani. If you've listened to the show for a while, you know the name. This is the person who, during the Yom Kippur War, as Syria was the Syrian tanks, were making their way across the Golan Heights and could have just kept going almost single-handedly with his group of tanks he commanded a group of tanks me'atim biyad rabim oh I'm sorry rabim miyad me'atim a few tanks against tons of Syrian tanks temeim biyad tehorim shem biyad tzadikim avigdor kahalani commanded the force that held back the Syrian army's advance. And he is known as a hero of Israel. And uh, in his honor, we should come out and celebrate. So this coming Saturday night, November 17th, at 7.30 p.m. at the Stanton Street Shul, 180 Stanton Street. It is free And it honors Israel's wounded soldiers on a very special day, the fifth official day of honor recognizing the wounded soldiers and victims of terror attacks. And uh, come out to salute Aluf Avigdor Kahalani as well. We're talking about the situation in southern Israel. We've been talking about this for a while. We've been talking about how the entire... 
group of Israeli towns on the border of Aza, known as Otef Aza, have suffered dramatically since last May, all these months, from these attacks. They don't make the news. You don't hear about it. How acres and acres and acres, hundreds of acres, have been burnt. Agricultural, forest, wildlife, burnt by the Arab terror balloons and terror kites that they send over the border fence. An area as large as the city of Petah Tikva, burnt. You don't hear about it. Nobody talks about it. Weekly, tens of thousands of people come to the Israeli fence, to the border fence, with the stated aim of crashing through the fence and going into Israel. They call it the return. They're going to return, quote-unquote, to their land. And they've been doing this every week, and every week Israeli army units have to be busy on Friday fending them off and many times have to shoot live ammunition and yes, kill people that are threatening the soldiers on the border and yes, the world yells and screams and everybody who overlooks everything else that's going on in Aza all they point out is that an Israeli soldier shot at a Arab, Palestinian Arab the fact that the Hamas leadership is causing insane damage to their own population, doesn't they don't care. They don't care. That's no that's no big deal. Now this has been going on and on and on and on. The tension keeps getting ramped up and ramped up by Hamas. And it's only for one reason, because they know that the more that they push, eventually Prime Minister Netanyahu, yes, and a Victor Lieberman and the mighty IDF, they're all going to cave. They're all going to cave because the Arabs see us as soft. The Arabs only understand force. I hate to say it. The Arab leadership, the Hamas, they understand one thing, force. And if they use force against us and they see that we cave, then they'll continue using more force. And Prime Minister Netanyahu yesterday said, Hamas is like ISIS. They're religious fanatics, and there's no solution. There's no political solution. There's no negotiation that could be had with them. They're terrorists and so forth. And yet the conclusion is not the same conclusion as with ISIS, because the conclusion with ISIS was you must destroy them, and we have, or at least almost have. His conclusion with Hamas is that we have to come to some sort of an agreement that we don't like, but we have no choice. And so last, the end of last week, Israel allowed into Gaza truckloads of cash, $15 million worth of cash. That is like air to breathe. For Hamas. They needed that like they need air to breathe, and we let it in. And so, as as uh, Naftali Bennett said, we started paying protection money to the mafia. And what do you learn from every movie that you've seen about the mafia? That once you start, it never ends, because they'll come back for more. And if they don't get it, they'll use more terror and more terror, because they've understood that Israel has no appetite for war, has no appetite to attack them militarily, and ultimately they, who don't care about their people, who don't care what happens to their citizens, have the upper hand, and they'll use it. That's the sad story here. Israel, by allowing that money in from Qatar, Qatar supplied the money, but Israel allowed it in, Israel basically is giving money to terrorists. We always complain about that. The Taylor Act. All these don't give money to terrorists. Israel's giving money to terrorists. In a way Israel's rewarding Hamas's bad behavior. 
I got to interrupt here for a moment. There is a report uh, just coming through that, as we speak, a uh, a Hamas rocket was shot into Israel and hit a bus traveling in uh, in the Otef Aza area that, that we've been discussing in southern Israel and that there is one badly wounded Israeli as a result. We're sure this will yet again add another piece to the possible escalation or will everybody just go back to their bunk as they did uh, yesterday. Back to what we were saying. So Israel, I don't understand the strategy. I can't say that I'm in the position, but it would seem to a casual observer from the outside that it doesn't make sense. Now, I would add the following. This morning on Israeli radio, there was a uh, interview with Yaakov Amidror, who, who himself is a general, was uh, very involved in military and military intelligence for many, many, many years. A veteran, I believe he was the head of the National Security uh, Agency in Israel. And he basically said, what I just said is was from him. And he said that if we continue this policy towards Hamas to try and deal with them, to, to make these long-term ceasefire agreements, we will end up on the southern border with what we have in the northern border. Hamas will become another Hezbollah. And he points out, Yaakov Amidjur does, that Hezbollah on Israel's northern border has over 120,000, listen to that number, 120,000 missiles and rockets aimed at northern Israel and central Israel, many of which have precision abilities, meaning until now, these rockets that fell, as just fell right now, it's hit and miss. They shoot them and they, and they you know, hope it'll hit, and we pray that it won't. But Hezbollah, with the aid of Iran, who is their daddy, Hezbollah has many, many rockets. He says most of the 120,000 that they have now have some sort of precision ability. So why do you ask, why don't they use it? They want to destroy Israel. This would create tremendous havoc in Israel. This would be a terrible blow to Israel. So why don't they use these rockets? So so the the establishment in Israel say, well, they don't use it because they're afraid. The last war in Lebanon showed them how Israel, if they when they go over the line, when they cross the line, and Israel gets angry, Israel will attack and they'll regret it. So they're afraid. Yaakov Amidor says, no, they're not afraid. They are a client of Iran. And Iran is holding this as a strategic weapon. And one day when Iran will need to use it, to deploy it, they will. Meaning if Israel threatens Iran in some way, Iran will give the cue to Hezbollah and northern Israel will be under missile, a barrage of missile attack, missile attacks from, from the north. That's a frightening thought. I don't, at this point, I don't understand and I'm I, I, losing a little bit of confidence in Netanyahu's ability Prime Minister Netanyahu's ability to deal with this in the way it needs to be dealt with, leaving out politics. Prime Minister Netanyahu is afraid to do anything that will not be popular in Israel, that will cause deaths. We all want to avoid that. But it, but like the Shalit deal, where he released over a thousand terrorists for Gilad Shalit because of the public pressure... And it ended up that more than one Jew was killed in order to get back Gilad Shalit. Are we not endangering thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of Israelis in order to buy some quiet now with an election coming? 
at most in a year from now. I'm going to read to you from um, an op-ed in Yidiot. Hamas thinks that with a little pressure applied on the Israeli government, whose sole interest is its own survival, it can achieve its goals. Moreover, the IDF has advised the political echelon not to go to war in Gaza now and rejected Minister of Defense Lieberman's plan to deliver a hard blow to Hamas, fearing it would escalate into a ground operation in the Gaza Strip. Nevertheless, the army is also convinced several rounds of limited fighting are yet to come. And what then? Nobody knows. So what should Hamas understand from all this? that it can demand more since it's not under any real existential threat. Give them a finger, they'll take the whole hand. Hamas's leader in Gaza, Yichya Sinwar, and his close circle know the Israeli society very well. They know that when the Israelis living in the Gaza border community say they are at their wit's end, the government, with elections on the horizon, can be brought down to its knees meaning they can continue to apply pressure. After the $15 million, they'll want a seaport. After the seaport, they'll demand an airport. And so it goes. Nibble and nibble. They have a lot of patience. This is the frightening uh, aspect of what's going on in Israel. And we all pray, we all pray that God give the leadership of Israel the Seichel, to do the right thing in the right time. It is in their hands that all this lies and God should advise them or put in their hearts to do the right thing. Hanan Ben-Ari brings us Bissarotavot. That's what we need. Good tidings. Bissarotavot. Hanan Ben-Ari for the album Lola Vad. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Hanan Ben-Ari, Bissarot Tovot, good tidings, and we could use some of them as we are live just before 5 p.m. on Monday, November the 12th, Dalit Kislev. Southern Israel is yet again under a barrage of rocket attacks from Gaza. We spoke too soon about how neither side wants escalation. Well, one side obviously does. Iron Dome intercepted uh, a number of these uh, rockets, but um, according to first reports, and they're not always right, but according to first reports, uh, a bus was uh, hit. Now, it's not clear if it was hit by a rocket or um, or some anti-rocket activity. I'm not sure, but either way, as a result of this barrage... It seems that one person was uh, badly wounded. Well, they're baiting Israel again. The question is, is Israel going to just stand by again or not? I don't know. It's just... We're dealing with an irrational enemy, as we are, and as we have been for about 100 years. And now there are uh, sirens in Beersheba as well. So uh, there is this escalation. I wanted to touch upon uh, something before we uh, close out the show. We still have some time. The Israeli military censors basically said, made it clear that it was very important that the name and the identity and the family and so forth of this uh, Lieutenant Colonel that was killed on Sunday night not be disclosed. I don't know why. It doesn't matter. We should be able to respect that. The problem is in the age of social media, all you need is a few idiots, and that's that's what it is, a few idiots, who instead of understanding that this is a matter of life and death, that the life of somebody else could be in the hands of your cell phone, which is in your hand. The Yetzer that people have to show everybody else that they're in the know, that they have a, they really know what's going on. So, so if, if it hasn't been revealed, the name of the guy, and they found out. Why? Because somebody in his town... Or some neighbor of his who heard it from the family, or a family member himself, might have sent out to their WhatsApp group. Oh, here's a picture of of the lieutenant colonel who was killed last night holding his two kids. And such a picture is making the rounds on the web now. It's a danger to his family. But people don't care enough. It's just crazy. And so... One sends it to his WhatsApp group, and then everybody on that WhatsApp group sends it out to everybody else, and then politicians get on the bandwagon and find the reason that they should put it on their WhatsApp or on their Twitter feed. And by now, anyone with half a brain in Israel knows at least something about this person that can endanger his family. So yes, it's very hard to censor anything in the age of social media. But that doesn't mean that we should be irresponsible and play a part in it. If you see anything like that, just erase it. Don't pass it on, that's for sure. Don't be part of it. All right, we're going to close out with Mashu Na'im Nishama. That's what we need, something nice and happy from Hatikva Shesh. And we do that after we say thank you for listening and thank you for your Facebook likes and your comments and your emails. Thanks to the staff and the Nachum Siegel Network and my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, Yoni Pollock with After Further Review and then Novik Now with Jake Novik and the Monday Music Marathon follows that. Until next Monday, immediately following Jam and Dame, this is Mayor Weingart reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. Oh no, they're just running in a different race. Shame a hadashot po, 
Sifa mi manido que ajeta otro, menos sea zapona me ha ir, ni shot mil jamás Me ha becado a dos y le rega, que se le lea que le paga ni yo mea. Oh, me oto a pismón, Israel sube a Lebanon. Ani chayav litnatek, chayadi un meratek, la kol nishma lichmo azaka. Chayav lechabot, reachim meumot, tarik shir leafik tamuaka. Thank <laughs> אנו עובדים עובדים אבל עובדים עלינו אז מחכים למזל בתורים ומבטיחים עוד חלומות לילדים כולם מדברים על בית וגינה שוברים חסכונות ואין מספיק גם לדירה אני חייב להתנתק, היה דיון מרתק הכל נשמע כמו אזעקה חייב לחבור רעשים מאומות רק מוזיקה תפיק את המועקה אם יהיה זה אריקה חלקה תן לי להניח את הראש דקה Música 